Hey everyone, welcome back to the Daily Halacha, Kabbalah, and Machshava podcast series in this series. If you listened to this before, you already know we explore different individual halachos from the Shulchan Aruch. Halacha meaning the types of things that the Torah tells us to do that are often viewed in a very isolated way as just kind of dogmatic practices, but actually are deep, profound expressions of inter- internal underlying mechanics of our inner being and the inner being of the universe around us. And so in this series, we just try to explore individual halachas just to see if we can access from the superficial halacha itself as it's presented in the Shulchan Aruch, the codified book of halacha of things to do, uh, to try to actually get to the underlying um, mechanical dynamics that those halachas express. Now, we haven't done one of these episodes in a while. If you're listening on the podcast app, so then I uh, just want to give you a heads up. We now have a dedicated app on the App Store and the Google App Store and the Apple App Store, and we have an updated, upgraded website. So uh, going forward, the way this series is going to work is that we're going to have once a week a free episode on the podcast apps that you'll be able to get access to. So if you're listening there right now, so enjoy this episode. But that, and this, this will be now scheduled once a week, and the rest of the daily episodes are going to be appearing only on the website and only on the apps uh, that are dedicated there. So that's for premium subscribers only. So you're welcome to join us there. We have lots of other really cool content that's already up there and coming out. We have a daily Zohar series. We have all kinds of other series going on there and it's going to continue to expand as we go. So check us out at either yesodeblocks.com or just search yesodeblocks at the App Store, the Apple App Store, or the Google App Store. So that's what's going on in the bigger world of Yesodeblocks. So in this episode, we're going to be continuing with the series where we left off before we kind of got sidetracked. Uh, in trying to upgrade the entire platform and then kind of put us offline for a while. So we are now officially back, and we're up to Siman Nun Gimel, which is section 53 of the Shulchan Aruch, and that is Halacha Chaf. We're up to the 20th Halacha in section 53. And this whole section, if you recall, if you've been listening to these episodes from before, uh, so we were talking about this concept of what's called Tefillah B'Tzibur. Tefillah B'Tzibur means... Now, there's a whole group of people that are trying to engage in tefillah together as a group. So today, what this looks like practically culturally is the synagogue, is the shul. People go to shul, and they daven in a group in what's called a minion. And so we have 10 men that you're required to actually have in order to say certain things in that kind of group setting. And then after you get that those first 10 men, anybody else that joins that can become part of that group to kind of... Um, let's say, experience the benefits, the uh, side effects of being inside of that type of group. And so the idea here is to try to understand uh, exactly what the mechanics are of that group and then in the specific halachos that we actually read. So before we get started actually read the halacha, I just want to dedicate this episode to two different names. One name is Benjamin Gershon Ben Michal Elior. The other one is somebody named Ariela Bela Bat Sarah Shoshana. Well, these are two people who currently are struggling with different health problems. Um, who are I, 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 they're friends of mine and people who are in my in my network. And so I want to just dedicate this episode to them. And the logic of that, the way that that works, is actually very closely related to the concepts that we're going to talk about in the episode itself. So I want to just start by explaining what that means. And the idea is that when you learn Torah concepts, so what's actually happening is you're absorbing uh, divine ideas, Hashem ideas um, about existence. And what that does is it actually expands your consciousness. And when that, what that does is it kind of creates this ripple effect in which if each of us is kind of like a spark of Hashem's consciousness, Hashem's uh, self in the world, the more you experience those kinds of elevations or, or those 
upgrades of your way of seeing reality. So then what happens is you actually create ripple effects throughout the entire network of consciousness that each of us represents one node in that network. And so when you actually um, learn Torah, and especially if you think about it in terms of a particular person, like we, we just mentioned two people who are struggling with health issues, so then what happens is you actually create ripple effects of higher states of divine consciousness in the world around those people, and then that can actually cause all kinds of physiological effects in the world as well. So there's a long discussion about that that, we, that, we're gonna, that you can kind of explore that in other areas. Anya Sodblocks in terms of the ideas of how the internal uh, and both the consciousness level, the thought level, the emotional level, how each of these things actually manifests in our physiology, in our physical states. Um, That's kind of beyond the scope a little bit of what we're talking about in this episode, but somewhat, at least, uh, the idea here is very deeply related to what we're talking about. Uh, so let's let's look at this seif, this this halacha, and then we'll, we can also tie it back to that and sort of show how that's true. That's a core concept that's kind of underlying all of this. So the halacha here says. So we have a situation where now we have one person who wants to lead the group of people in saying the tefillah. So the concept of tefillah basically means you're trying to, on a daily basis, uh, essentially three times a day, trying to align yourself and your internal perspectives with divine truths, divine perspectives, with Hashem's perspectives in the world. So you're trying to now become like essentially a representative, a person who actually accesses Hashem's perspectives and manifests them through accessing them, through thinking about them, through uh, internalizing them in a certain way, so then you're actually now going to become an expression of them in the world. That's what you're trying to achieve. That's what the word tefillah actually means. People often think tefillah means like to daven. It's a word that I really don't like at all because it's very, again, very cultural word, a word that people like to say without really accessing too much about what they're really talking about. The word tefillah literally means the thing we're talking about. Tefillah means to align yourself with the internal realities that are actually buried inside of you. So if you think about it as Hashem is kind of the core self that is within you, and you're the very root of your consciousness, if you go inside of yourself, so you actually, you know, if you try to go to the root of who you are, it's, there's, there's almost, there's nothing really there that you can see. Um, it's just kind of like, there's almost like this blank wall at the core of who you are, where that's just, just behind that wall is uh, kind of the secret of who you are. It's kind of why everybody in the world is off, is always struggling with, who am I? What's my origin? What are, What is our origin? What are we all about as people? It's because of the core of ourselves, we sense there's some kind of barrier there that, uh, that, obscures the internal reality of who we are and where we come from. And so you're trying to access that. And what tefillah is essentially is, uh, is, is the process of trying to align the things about yourself that you know and to try to bring yourself into alignment with the things about you that are deeply buried within. And so the way we do that is we learn the Torah we, and, we, and we try to access the map of who we are, and then we try to bring ourselves into alignment with that map. Now, people often think of that as, as if it's like a set of restrictions, like you're being forced to do certain things, and you have to be a certain way. But what you're really doing is you're trying to access the truth of who you already really are. When you live in a way that is an expression of, that is in alignment with who you really are, so then what you're doing is you're actually actualizing yourself you're you're connecting yourself to the source of your power and it's kind of like if you knew that you were let's say a, a, an amazing piano player but you never played piano and so you never really learned about that talent so if someone came and told you oh you're actually an amazing piano player so now you know the truth of who you are assuming that you believe them so then uh, then you can access that you're not you're not just being told what to do you actually are now uh, you're you're going to to uncover what's already within so that's the whole concept of tefillah and so what this is talking about here is now we have one person who wants to lead the tefillah, a person who's now going to be the, the what we call the chazan, that's the visionary person who's trying to express tefillah in such a way that it brings everyone along to higher states 
of inner alignment. That's what the group, the minion, is supposed to do. And the leader of the minion, the, the chazan, is supposed to be this visionary person from the word chazon, the person who is a, who everybody else can look to to try to access the higher states of tefillah alignment uh, in the in the group setting of tefillah. That's, that's the whole point of the group setting that we discussed also in previous episodes, which is that you're supposed to be trying to tap into the people around you. If you see everyone around you, often we unfortunately struggle with this in a very negative way, where we are in a tefillah setting. We don't know much about the Torah perspectives of how to think about tefillah. And then instead, we spend most of our time in tefillah, either looking at other people, comparing ourselves to other people, thinking about other people relative to ourselves, and making ourselves feel like in some way we're not as, as good as them, or whatever, all kinds of different versions of self-comparative thoughts to other people. There's also obviously uh, the desire to socialize and talk to other people in, in that type of setting, and that's how we tend to look at other people in the setting of tefillah. But what it's actually supposed to be about is that you look to other people to try to essentially evaluate uh, each of their strengths and try to pull from them in terms of your own self and say, this person has the following abilities. That person over there is very um, good at connecting to people or very good at talking or, or very good at making calculations or you, you name the different talents that other people have. And what we're trying to do is not in a jealous comparative way, but in a, in a totality type of way to sort of say, I can look to the people around me and I can then look to myself and think, how can I become more? How can I learn from the people around me? How can I become more more whole, because each of us has a particular set of 10 different traits, what we call the spherot. These are 10 different vessels that we use to manifest ourselves in the world. And so we each have different amounts of each of those qualities, those 10 qualities. And so when you have 10 people together, the idea of a minyan is that you have 10 different people who are each possessing different amounts of each of those 10 qualities. And if we have if, when we have 10 together, so that, that creates a probabilistic likelihood that uh, we now are having a, let's say, a, t- a total whole entity in which all the different kinds of people, each one of them is kind of like a particular makeup, but altogether we, we kind of like, each person can, can become more whole in each of the other traits. I can look to you for greater expansion of trait X, and I can look to this other person to, to get greater expansion of trait Y, and we can kind of each feed off each other to become greater as a group and as individuals through the group. That is the concept of tefillah through a minyan. So here we have a person who wants to be the leader of the tefillah, and the reason he wants to do that is because he has a person in mind that he would like to help them, let's say, climb in their spiritual state to higher states of consciousness. So the examples I mentioned earlier with two people who are struggling with health issues, so that's something which... Um, it works exactly the same way as this. In other words, by us creating higher states of Torah consciousness in the world around us, so it causes ripple effects that impact everyone and brings the whole world to higher states of consciousness and brings the whole world to then ha- to different situations. Once you raise the states of consciousness in the world, then sometimes what that can lead to is that health situations can change because the the level of all of us together has now made it that the health challenge was no longer really in alignment with what was supposed to be happening in terms of helping everybody to reach higher states of consciousness. So when Hashem makes different things happen in the world, so they're always ultimately, in a fundamental way, geared towards raising up everybody's states of consciousness. That's the whole, that's the underlying theme of all of reality, uh, especially reality in its current form, which is a longer discussion in this form versus future forms. But the point that I'm trying to make right now is that uh, that, that's what underlies all difficulties in the world, that they're designed to help or not just to help, to, to force or to cause 
there to be um, upgrades, updates, expansions in Hashem consciousness in the world. So when we do that kind of consciousness expansion ourselves through tefillah, then we can sometimes shake up the entire system and make things change, and then we actually don't need the particular challenge in its current form, and then it shifts to a different form. So that's the idea of, of tefillah for the sake of somebody else's health. It's also what's being discussed here. This is tefillah for the sake of somebody who's passed away. So this uh, the, the person who wants to be the leader of the tefillah now, he wants to do that because he is, um, his, in this example, I think it's, uh, it says here, Bishvil Aviv. One person wants to be the leader of the tefillah, Bishvil Aviv, for his father, for the sake of his father, because his father passed away. So this, this is a custom that we have where a person who's leading the tefillah oftentimes will, will have a person who, in the last year, lost either their father or their mother. They're called an Avel, and so they do the leading of tefillah for the entire minion for usually that first year. Um, so if you have a person who wants to do that, so that's why they do it. They do it because it causes ripple effects that actually impact because that person is linked uh, and many other people are also linked to the person who passed away. So on the level of consciousness, even though the body has died, but the consciousness of that person is still there and is still active as it always will be because consciousness is not in a place. It's not located somewhere. It can't disappear um, so the idea is that when you upgrade your own consciousness, that causes ripple effects that impact the person's consciousness that's already lost their body, what we call death. And so that's why we do this, where we have this process after the person dies, that, uh, that somebody um, is the leader of the tefillah in a way that is designed to connect to their name. So that way it connects to their consciousness more directly and creates higher ripple effects for them. So that's a longer discussion in itself, but that, that, that's the core idea there. So that's what we're saying here is one person wants to be the leader of the tefillah for the sake of his father. And then we have another person, but we have somebody else who wants to be the leader of the tefillah for a different person who passed away. So here the halacha paskins, it decides that the, the, this is what you're supposed to do. You have now a situation where there's two people that want to lead the tefillah. So how do you determine who should be the person that does it? The person that the, that the group prefers to have saying the tefillah, who yomar? He's the one who should be the leader of the tefillah now. In other words, in a situation where you have a conflict between two different people, so then the, the answer, how we determine who leads, is we have the group decide. Now, again, when you learn this halacha in a vacuum, so basically it just says two people want to be the leaders of the tefillah, who should be the one? The, the group should decide. So it's a very shallow halacha, meaning or if you learn halacha in a shallow way, then it just comes across like it's a directive. This is what, you, this is what the situation is. This is the case. This is what you do. But the underlying mechanics of this is, A, what we were just talking about in terms of now we understand more detail the conflict there's two different people that want to be the leaders of the tefillah and then on top of that now we also have the solution what you what we should do and then we have to also analyze and understand why is it that we just follow or how does it work that we just follow what the group wants so first of all by the way if you have if you have a break in the group where two people uh, where two parts of the group want different things if you have more than 20 people in theory you could divide the group up and actually have two different groups to actually do two different leaders to solve the problem in that way that's also a possibility but in a situation where you don't have that and you just have 10 people so we have a choice who do we want to have lead the group should it be the person who whose father passed away or the person who wants to dive in for somebody else so we follow what the group wants because the whole concept of tefillah as we already mentioned earlier the idea of tefillah is to try to access uh, the divine wanting, the internal wantings, the internal perspectives, internal, we'll call it maybe even the word desires. The word in Hebrew is the ratzon. We want to follow the ratzon. We want to access the ratzon of Hashem, which is a kind of a core, like a way of saying the core principle of all of tefillah is we're trying to say, trying to make Hashem's ratzon our ratzon. We're trying to make Hashem's will our will. We're trying to access the fact that at the root of ourselves, at the level of what's called our keter, that's, that's the core vessel that we use to become, to manifest our own consciousness into the world. We're trying to make it that our keter, our, our ratzon, our inner will, our inner 
volition is in alignment with Hashem's volition because at its core, our inner volition comes from Hashem. It is actually a manifestation of Hashem's self within us. And so what we're saying here is we look to the kahal, to the group, to say, okay, so what does everybody want? Because what, what, what people want, oftentimes we just think of it in a very, oh, why, why does that person want that? What's wrong with that person? Uh, sometimes we think of people's wantings in a very petty way. But every single thing that a person wants, literally every single thing, if you actually listen a little carefully to a person's wantings, even if it seems like the silliest thing in the world, they want pizza. So you can dig deep into that and actually figure out what it is about that, that they want, why they want it, where it stems from, and it's always profound, always. So it, and it, it doesn't always sound profound. Sometimes we don't, we don't take it seriously. We don't listen very much. We kind of just make assumptions about other people, what they want and why. Um, but at, at the root, everything that everybody wants comes from somewhere divine and has some kind of core divine root. And so the idea here is that if we have a conflict in terms of who's going to lead the tefillah, and as we discussed in the previous episodes about this, that the leader of the tefillah should be a person that everybody else can look to and can kind of, in a certain way, um, get carried along th- through their leadership to higher states. So then we're, we, want, we want to have a person that is the most, um, that, you know, on, on, a, on a vote level, is the most wanted. So if, if eight people want one person and then two people want the other person, so then we're going to follow the eight people because that's going to mean that more people are going to go uh, are going to want to be pulled along with that person in preference over the other. Now in halacha and the Torah in general, the Torah assumes that you know all these things when these discussions come up. So oftentimes in a shul setting, you can have politics around things like this, where people start to feel like, oh, well, I, I wanted a certain person. I didn't get that person. Now I'm angry. I don't want to be part of the tefillah here anymore. That's a very silly perspective and really not based on any Torah concepts of how to think about these things. In other words, if there's actually 10 people there and eight want one person and two want another, so that means that the person who wants to daven for, let's say, their father and now isn't going to get to do that because the vote went in the other way. So the the way to think about that is, okay, so now, like the, the way that, my, that I and my, my, my conscious relationship with my father and the whole group works is that we're all getting pulled along with this broader leader of the tefillah. And that broader leader will include within it also myself and my father who are part of the same group. So the idea is that we're trying to get the broadest group dynamic possible in the minion. And so if you look at it instead as a contest, as a competition, what you're really bringing into that story then is the distortion of the Eitz the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the, the, the competitive dynamic that really uh, broke apart and divided the world and the people in it. Um, so you're bringing in a certain toxin into the situation there. And so you're kind of misunderstanding the whole point of what tefillah is. And what tefillah really is about is trying to see how each of us as an individual is part is both individual with our individual needs and but it's, and yet it's also paradoxically part of a collective where we are all absorbed into one larger group and you have to maintain both of those perspectives and so when you actually have consensus in a way that is built around torah concepts then the group the collective the uh, group dynamic actually acts to elevate the individuals in a way that is broader than it would be if you were an individual just on your own. So you, you don't get lost when, the, when there's a collectivization that works that way, a collectivism that works that way um, as a result of that kind of consensus because it's built around a desire to reach higher states of Torah, Torah living and Torah consciousness. But once you start bringing competitive dynamics into it, then everything starts to fall apart. So that's really where I think there's a lot of misunderstanding just because, unfortunately, we often overemphasize the individual side of things, which is often drives towards ego dynamics, and that itself creates fragmenting in which, while, I, while me as an individual is, is endlessly significant, that sometimes can, can uh, obviate 
the importance or, or the or the paradoxically equal significance of the collective in a situation like this where it's all built around Torah dynamics. So hopefully that clarified this halacha. Again, that's the way that it works. It's two people wanted to do a tefillah, each one each wanted to lead the tefillah, and then there was basically a, a vote, and, wh- and we follow whoever whatever the group majority wanted uh, in order to pull everybody to higher states of consciousness. Again, please uh, check out the website and our app and if you want to, if you want to actually uh, hear this on a daily basis you can subscribe at yourfoblocks.com and then download our app and listen to this on your phone uh, at any point any day thanks again for listening and for joining us looking forward to having you join us for the next episode